guys are a couple of little thin jerk-offs. This is the Artie and Eric Show. Special edition. With Artie. You shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. And Eric. Come on, you know I drive great when I'm drunk. Isn't that what makes a man? Mm, sure, that in the prayer test at all. The Artie and Eric Show. Special edition. and Eric Radio Show Alright everybody, it's the Addy and Eric Radio Show here on WEMF Radio If you'd like to give us or give me a call tonight, it's 617-500-7100 Live here till midnight on the East Coast I believe that's 9 o'clock on the West Coast. No Eric again tonight. Eric is still uh, hooking. He hasn't got out of that profession yet. Now we move to Wednesday nights, and this is our second primetime show here, live on WEMF Radio. So I encourage people to give us a call tonight. Otherwise, you would just be getting love advice from me for the next uh, 55 minutes or so. And hearing about my uh, crazy adventure on the West Coast, we have uh, Mr. Uh, Crespel here producing the show tonight. What's up, Artie? He's going to be uh, keeping me entertained and keeping you entertained as well here all night. Um, Eric also wasn't here last week, so we had uh, Valentine Rogers coming. You caught the right last part of that show, right? Oh, uh, yeah. That kid was an interesting cat. That was random. I, I met him literally five minutes before the show started. Um, and I just suggested the idea if you weren't doing anything, and I got up here, I settled down, and the next thing I know, I got a text message from him saying, hey, I'm uh, in the parking lot. <laughs> I call hey, You met him at the, uh, what is it, the Boston? <laughs> Improv, Improv Boston. Boston, yeah. Did you check out the festival that was there this weekend? I was. I was. I, was, I went to a couple shows. Um, I take classes over there now. Uh, so, I, actually, I, just, I seen a show tonight before I came here. Yeah. I was yeah. hoping you might, like, you know, bring another Valentine's. Oh, story. I tried. I, um... I was working some angles. It was actually this really cute girl over there, too, as well. And uh, I was trying to convince her to come up here, but I I feel sometimes I feel a little... Th- I look a little threatening. Like, I could be like, you know... You look threatening. <laughs> like, in what way? In the part of the way that you may get pregnant by the time we're done with the situation, you know? <laughs> yeah, but uh, you're not going to impregnate Valentine. No. I think no, I hope not. I mean, that would be a miracle, wouldn't it? I mean, you never know. know about a miracle, but... <laughs> He was a good cat, though. He was, uh, you know, it was funny. I, I, I just, I briefly introduced the idea of, uh, swingers to him. And the amount of, uh, information he had about swingers was astronomical. Yeah, he had that whole story, right? Oh. Wasn't there some kind of thing that happened to him or something? Yeah, I guess he, he went, he, I guess he goes to swingers potty soul as I do, I guess. I don't know. I was just actually. Do you think he might have just been rolling with you? I, you know what? I don't. I you know. Literally, I like I said. I, I known him for fifteen minutes prior to the show. I have no idea if he was. Then you know, props to him for improving like that. I mean, because he knew details like that only swingers know. Yeah. So I mean, unless he was like sitting on his phone right now, like you know, googling quite quickly, you know, getting the information. Maybe he's just like he takes courses at Improv Boston, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe he's just nasty from those courses and like came up with some. You know, he just played you, man. Could be. And I have a rep over there of being a, uh, involved in the swinging lifestyle, so perhaps he caught wind of me and he was like, all right, this guy's like a, you know, I'm going to do everything this guy says, you know? 
Maybe. But like you said, he did have some kind of like down and dirty details. Oh, my God. Yeah, he did. It was, it was actually really, really funny today because uh, we, t- we took our class and whatnot. And uh, we er, after all our classes, what we do is we go over and uh, meet at the, uh, the field, which actually is the number two swinging bar in the Boston area, believe it or what? not. If you Google swinging bars on Google... Uh, the if field, you Google them on Google. If you Google on Google. If you Google on Google, everybody. You will see that the field is number two for swinging bars on the Boston area. Unbelievable, right? And it's funny because now every time I go there, I pretty much look around and I go, you know what? I think that couple over there is a swinger. <laughs> you know what so I mean? you just kind of like... You're like trying to spot swingers. Oh yeah, like but it's hard because when you go to a swingers club per se, they look like they're like you and me. They you never know, you know. They're like a doctor, a lawyer. Why wouldn't they? What, what do you think? Well, uh, okay, you know, I think you're. When you were talking last week about like some of the sketchier people that are into swinging, yeah, yeah. I think I understand what you're saying. That like maybe there's some kind of weird looking people that are in that game. Absolutely. But you're saying that when you go to a swinger bar, it's just like, you know, Joe and Jack and Jane. Yeah, well, yeah, sometimes. It's funny because the way it works, and it's been, you know, out of, uh, how do you say, experience, if you will. Essentially, it's like you go there and... There's, it, it, it's just like any other bar that me and you would go to on a, a regular night. The f- I mean, I've been to the field. You've been I, to the field, yes. Yeah, I, I didn't know that the field was... And I don't even know if that's true. You could I, be I just, like, making sure. I don't up. know if it's true either. I, I, I read this on Yelp. What? Yes. Maybe, you, like, there's a bar across the street or something, like Work Bar, and they're, like, trying to mess up the... The, I don't know the clientele of the field. <laughs> it could be. It could be someone of just a very, uh, you know, who just spends a lot of time on Yelp. It, it's the funniest thing because I I've been going to the field for the last year and a half and had no clue. And now every time I go there, I'm apprehensive to look around to see who's swinging or not. And like I said, you couldn't, you can't pick a swinger out of a crowd. You have no idea. I mean, for all you know that, you know, for all I know, you're a swinger. I mean. I've you know? done things like that, but not like... <laughs> I don't think I am a swinger. I've yeah. just done swinger-esque things. It's kind of like being gay. It's like, yeah, I've done some gay, gay things, stuff. Yeah, it's but true. I'm not gay. No, that's true. I mean, have you ever take part in... Like, has a, has a couple ever came up to you and be like, listen, and like the guy in the couple ever said to you, like, hey, um, I want you to have you away with my wife? Uh, no, but like... I'm. I've had a threesome a few times, yeah, it's close. so like I feel like that's kind of mm. you know with with no that's my ballpark. significant other or wife or whatever this person was at that time. Yeah, no, that's so, so I mean I've encroached Ooh. swinger territory. No, you have, but I uh, you know I don't think that I wouldn't consider myself that. I don't I don't wake up every day and I'm like you know what I just need to. Just destroy some man's wife tonight. <laughs> Although I'm not, I'm not hating on that. That no. sounds, sounds like you're not going to discriminate against her. Right? No, that sounds fun. Actually, <laughs> one of my favorite pornos is "Fuck My Wife 9. Oh, yeah, I, I love that porno. Whoa, just for like a buzz. What? Yeah, man. I, I need to look at that now. It's it's tough. But it, it, it's like you just get bored of the same old rigmarole. Listen, you know man, I mean? you're talking, you're you're preaching to the choir on that. Like I, I watch them. This is something that we can seriously get down on. Like yeah. I, I'm a, I am a porn addict. 
the connoisseur, if you will. Yeah, I, I watch a lot of weird porn. Okay. Um, and but amputee—that's like that's some new. It's a niche. I did watch a woman uh, take a like a bed post. Okay. Both r- renally and vaginally. Wow. Yeah. Well, what a gal. I mean, and, but the thing is, she didn't show her face, so it's oh, like, okay. I, I feel like you got to show your face on that. It's like that's that's impressive. That's athletic. No, it is. It's a, that's a skill that only you know you can only be better at by uh, practice, if you will. How do you spell amputee? I think it's like A M. You like it? Acts like you don't know. I, I'm the worst. I, <laughs> I'm the worst. Like oh, freaking speller. It's A M P M U. And they they use the amputee to like have sex with women. It's A M P U T E E. Apparently, I don't. I don't discriminate. I like them big, small. Trust me. Like I, it's funny because I, I classify that the top. Like you know, you, you get girls. We talked about this. The Wolf of Faneuil Hall. That's you what know. you coin yourself as. Yes. I mean, you got a bunch of nines and tens out there, right? But what's the percentage I, of is, Are they really nines and tens, though, like no, in Boston? Not really. Like, I feel like it's compressed. Do you want to know where the hottest compressed amount of woman I've ever seen in my life was? Anchorage, Alaska. Really? When I was there two weeks That's ago. It's just luck, though. I, I, I don't understand what or why. I was up there uh, two weeks ago, and I went to this bar during the day on a Monday, and every single person that worked in the wait staff was a smoke show. Every single person. Maybe they they had like a good, you know, like farm system, kind of like Pawtucket. Yeah. Maybe like there was like a, you know, they're kind of <laughs> developing talent. And then they're shipping them out to the rest of the country. Maybe that would be sweet. And Eskimos are hot, man, because you got like know. you got the Russian factor. Yep. You've got the Asian factor. Oh yeah, dude. And you got like West Coast factor mm-hmm. in there, so you got a lot of good things working for you. Every every girl I ran into was either from or her parents were from, you know, the West Coast, like you said. Texas was another big one. Um, Russia, yeah, like you said, also. Um, and there was a few of the natives up there too, and they kind of just mixed. And like, I don't know what that that formula consists of, but it's a hell of a formula. And like, I'm sitting at the bar and I'm looking around. And I'm like, there's not one. Of, and I thought it was a coincidence because you go to restaurants all the time. You have a general manager that only hires hot chicks. And then we're walking. We go to this restaurant to eat for dinner, and then every girl that works there is hot. I go, I go to my buddy. I go, is there anyone that's any girls that on hot? He's like, this is the place of unclaimed land. He's like, you know, like back in like the fifties when like the United States took over Alaska because there was so much land there. It's like I'm Wait, taking. That's when that happened. Yeah, it was like the like the late forties, early fifties. I just always assumed that it was just like whatever. It was ours. Yeah, no, it was just it was it was literally. I think it was actually Russia to be quite honest with you for a, for a while, and there was nothing. It was literally nothing there. There was it was nothing. I mean, even you go to Anchorage. Anchorage is the biggest city, and there, it, Anchorage is like the size of Cambridge. It's like. Actually, Cambridge is probably bigger than Anchorage, to be quite honest with you. So back to these hot women. Oh, yeah. Now, were they... What did they look like? You name it, dude. They were blondes. They were brunettes. They were, like... See, I just want to picture, girls. Like, yeah, like Eskimo. But, like, for the most part, I'm like... I, I, it, it would be... I would clean up up there. You'd, you'd clean up there. Eric would clean up there. For, you know what I mean? What, I mean, what that's, that's a stretch. Ah, yeah, I maybe. would love to see that guy, like, <laughs> like on his game or whatever, not on it, whatever it is. Yeah. Do you watch him? Like, kind of, because it seems like you're like Ken Griffey, and well, he's like, and <laughs> maybe just not in the game. So we used to coin ourselves as Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. All right. So he's he does lay lay down. Well, he game. did. 
I haven't seen numbers in the past. Here's the thing. When I met him, I met him about 10 years ago. I was a uh, adolescent, if you will, you know, freshly 21 years old guy, you know, never worked in the restaurant business before, got a job, you know, as a server. And he was a, bar- a veteran bartender who's been doing it for 10 plus years at that point, you know. So I meet him and we, he, I find out he's a comic and the, then he found that I do a college radio show. And actually, my mother introduced us. My mother used to work with us. And she's like, the bartender, Eric, he says he wants to get on your radio show. I said, you had a radio show. I'm like, oh, all right. So wait, Eric worked at the same place that your mother worked at. It was me, Eric, and my mother all worked together, yeah. You ever get, get kind of weirded out by that? Like, it, you, you know what? you got to imagine that, that Eric, at, at some point, Which I hit my mother? was trying to hit on your mom. My mother I, thinks he did. I, you got to understand that like that happened <laughs> to me. So like, Did it really? Yeah, that, that was, that was a, a negative part of, of my... End of my teenage years. No kidding. Yeah, so like I'm just saying that. That's a little odd. That probably at least went through Eric's head. Well, I'm sure it went through his head at some point. It got to the point where my mother's a very nurturing lady, if you will. And um, once me and Eric became friends and stuff like that, my mother almost took on the role as a second mother to him. And she, if you actually, if you ask him to this day, she still considers him as a, as a, the long lost son. You know what I mean? So it was it was more of a point where it, the weirdness probably wouldn't have been there too long before my mother started treating him like a son, you know maybe, what I mean? Maybe he actually is your long-lost brother. Hey, listen. But she, she, like, knows it, so she, like, kind of, like, created this, like, thing, you know? Possibly. You know? I mean, I did get my mother the job there, and Eric magically appeared one day, so there's a possibility that it happened. You could have, you know, he's apparently Asian of some sort, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> He claims that he is one sixteenth Asian. I guess I don't know. It tracks back. I, I, Why would that even come up? Why would he be uh, bragging? His grandmother about was that? working at Kowloon's for years up in Saga, so I guess maybe that had something to do with it. I don't. Know. Who knows? I got no wonder she got a job there. He, I guess someone in his family did Ancestry.com and they tracked it back or whatnot, and they found out he was like a sixteenth Asian. I'm like, but that's cool. That I mean, was the man. worst thing that that the internet ever created. With ancestry, yeah. Because I, I, my grandfather is like so down on like finding out who we're related to. Yeah. But it's like, ah, uh, don't. Sometimes you don't want to know. I know, but the internet, it's the internet. I'm, I try to explain to my grandfather that the internet is faulty yeah. information. He's like, oh, yeah. oh it's, it's on this website. And it's like, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's a website. It's a website, absolutely. It's, Anyone can post anything on a website, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, shit, I mean, I... I I could post whatever I wanted to on my blog and, you know, try to have someone believe it. And I'm sure there's people who believe it. You ever see the thing, like, for example, like, for a year ago, MLB's Facebook got hacked, right? Yeah. And some disgruntled employee was going to all the 32 teams and putting fake Facebook posts. And there was one about, for example, the San Diego Padres said something in the lines of, hey, listen, we love disabled people, but we prefer if you didn't come to the game today. You know, and then the Washington Nationals just said, hey, we're moving back to Montreal. Go screw yourself. And then the Chicago Cubs posted something like, even though Obama's our biggest fan, we hate him. Go like the White Sox or something like that. Wow. And it was like online and people were actually responding to it saying, what? Oh, my God. You know, the, the Nationals are moving back to Canada. And just Which people, would be awesome. It would be interesting, right? Or if, or if they, they, why did they stop having baseball in Montreal? I don't know. Well, because this is what happened. Uh, back when they said they were going to move, they invited people to come out to protest the move. And like 500 people showed up. Yeah. And they were like, you know. But my first legal drink as a 
you know, at a baseball game. I was 18 years old at a Montreal Expos game. I went up there. It's so awesome. It was you saw Pedro uh, pitching. It was, yeah, you know, which was, this was, no, this was after Pedro, because Pedro was already on the Sox by the time I was 18. But um, this was like Montreal Expos. They were playing the Braves. The Braves were like the powerhouse in the East that year, you know, for the 90s, I guess you could say, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I was 18 years old, and I was able to buy a beer at a baseball game. And after that drink, I never drank at a baseball game until I was 21 at Fenway. I mean, it was three-year gap, you know? And it's too bad because... Which is a long three years. It really was, because it's like you spend the time between, the, you know, drinking at the Expos game to turn 21... Um, having some older person buy you alcohol in a plastic bottle and yeah. drinking in a parking lot. You know, I, I drank like, at uh, the Blue Jays Stadium, Rogers Center. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be the Sky Dome, and it was—it's just not the same, though. No, it like, isn't. Like, I don't know if hockey must be way more fun in New Hampshire. Did you ever go Canada, to uh, New Hampshire? a hockey game up in Canada? Uh, no, no. One of my goals—I I, got to get up there at some point. I want to see the Bruins play the, you know, the, the Maple Leafs to the, the Canadians up there. Like on a, a weekend Saturday night or something Dude, like that. That's the game you want to see because I feel like you you just get weights you get beat up. Oh no, I think there would be some yeah some consequences to face after that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I've been to I went to one Yankees Red Sox game. And yeah. it was like it was Game Seven, oh, two thousand four. Okay. Oh oh man, you were there. I was there for that oh, game. Wow. And I think that was actually the only game that. Red Sox fans didn't get beat up at because yeah. they were just so like, like the Yankees just left at that point. Yeah, they were like gone, fed up. Yeah, but I don't know every I, other game like that. That's messy. I've been to a lot of uh, Yankees, uh, Yankee Sox games. I've been I think four or five in the Bronx itself, and I wear my my Red Sox jerseys and stuff. And you know what? Here's the thing: people will say stuff to you. You know, I'm a very mellow kind of dude and I kind of laugh stuff off so like someone's like you know go after yourself Red Sox I kind of just laugh it off like hey what are you gonna do hey we're here you know and if you know the Sox win God forbid they win you know Yankee Stadium I just kind of I don't say I'm not one of those guys who's walking out the holding the flag you know yeah I put my head down and you know and you you will find cordial fans at some point. They'll have a conversation with you and be like, "Ah, oh, that was a good game today." I'm like, "Yeah, man." I'm like, "That's crazy." I'm like, "I didn't expect that to happen," you know. And if they lost, you know, like I went to the Super Bowl back in uh, 2011 in uh, well 2012, I guess, against the Giants out in um, Indy, and they were playing the Giants, and there was about 70 percent Giants fans at that stadium. It was only about 20 percent uh, Patriots fans. And 10% Colts fans, but they're all rooting for the Giants because, you know, it's Peyton's little brother, you know? Yeah. So I was a minority, big time. And, you know, we're sitting in a, a section that was predominantly Patriots fans because we got the tickets from people who were season ticket holders for the Patriots. But the rest of the stadium was against us, you know? And I walked for a bear and, you know, people yell stuff at it. Excuse me. But now I was like, hey, it is what it is. You know, I'm not going to hold it against anyone, you know? And, man, when they lost... You know, I walked down with my head out, my head down, and I was just kind of like, whatever. Wait, what, what game is this? It's the Super Bowl. You went to the Super yeah. Bowl? Back in 2012. It's crazy. 12? Yeah, it was the, the, uh, second, the second time. No, yeah, the second time against the Giants. What? Yeah, man, it was nuts. And, and, and the whole, the, I got to tell you, the whole, if, if you ever go to a Super if you ever had a chance to go to Super Bowl, I, I advise it's worth every cent you pay. Yeah. It is Why? a weekend of festivities. Okay. For example, like, Indianapolis did it right. We got there Friday night, and they lifted their uh, open container law for the weekend downtown. That's awesome. So you could literally have a backpack full of beers and just crack one open, drink it, walk into a bar. Yeah. What if you cracked beer? No one's going to say anything to you. Drink at the bar, walk out of the bar with another drink, 
and then continue. And it was just it was lifted for the weekend. It was just for the Super Bowl. And they had say you want to. That's why New Orleans is like where you have. Well, New Orleans. So so I know people went to the New Orleans once, and they and I was describing Indy to them. They said it was very similar because Indy, what they did was. You think Indianapolis in, in February, it's going to be cold. We locked out. It was a 50-degree weekend. It was like the Super Bowl last week. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was beautiful. So if you're on the parking lot, say, downtown Indy, right? Say you're on the lot. What people did was they rented one of those giant tents, right? And they put it in the parking lot. Like a wedding tent? Yeah. Okay. And they turned it into a nightclub. For $5, you can get in. And they had a, a temporary liquor license yeah. for the weekend, right? Uh, any, I gotta say, Indiana, you guys did it right. I mean, you, you you lifted a lot of laws just for the weekend to make this a good time, and they did. Like you could walk into this giant wedding tent that had heaters and bars and music and DJs and stuff like this for five dollars. This is see, this is stuff awesome. that happens in the South all the time, though. Oh, I know, though. Like, I know, in, I know. In Austin for South by, that's like all they do. Is that exactly? Is that what they do? Yeah. They don't need to heat it because it's it's. Mm. You know, it's awesome. It's warm anyways. But they would if they had to. And in, in New Orleans, it's, that's... The, you that's can always... Yeah. It's open container lars are, are always in existence. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it's funny because everything was so mellow. There was no issues. And we actually, the night before the Super Bowl, Saturday night, the Giants were staying at the Marriott downtown. And you could tell... They, the hotel had a giant banner on saying, Home of the Giants. You know what I mean? So me and my buddies were like, let's go eat dinner at the Giants Hotel. We thought it would be funny because we had our Patriots jerseys on and stuff. So we went yeah. to the the bar that was there. It's not funny, by the way. It, it was Given what happened. No, yeah, given what, exactly. But we sat down there and we, um, no, who the hell was it? It was uh, Victor Cruz came by, us eating, and goes, you guys from Massachusetts? He was a UMass guy. We're like, yeah. And he sat down and talked to us for like 15 minutes. And we're just talking about UMass football and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, Coolest guy in the world. And then um, there was a, uh, a guy who used to play on the Patriots. I forget his last name, but his son was playing for the Giants. And he was there sitting next to us. He's like a sportscaster or whatever. Okay. And we started talking to him. We were talking to him for like a couple hours the entire night. Him and his wife and his family and stuff. And then his son came down and was talking to us. I got to tell you. We were wearing Patriots jerseys in enemy territory, but every single person that came to us was cordial and nice and everything. We had a great time there. You know what I mean? It was cool. And we would have went to the Patriots hotel, but Belichick shipped them like uh, 10 miles out of town and didn't tell you where the hotel was. Why? Because he didn't want any distractions. Well, but apparently it didn't work. It did not work. Because the Giants were, you know, out all night drinking at the bar. Like, I guess what they told the, what the, what they told the, the team was, listen, if you guys want to go out the night before the Super Bowl, you can, but stay in the hotel. The bar will be open until 2 a.m. Hang down there. Yeah. And man, I seen probably ten Giants players down there yeah. just hanging out. It was in their families too. Yeah. It was awesome. It was like it I mean, was you know what man? It was so like, cool. I've had some like competitions and just like big days in my life. And honestly, the nights that I like stay up and just party my balls off yeah. the night before, the next day is way better oh, than, than oh, yeah. if I like go to sleep early and I'm all prepared. Exactly. It's it's better to like just wash your your brain of, yeah. of the stress. It almost pumps you up too for a point. Like it's because it's like if you're in a competition, this is your big weekend. You know, you're, it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter how tired you are that yeah. next day. Your adrenaline is going to pump absolutely. Through. Absolutely. And I think that's the drawback for the Pats. I mean, I think if they were able to hang out downtown too, I, you do, know, I oh my god, I will I will root for them, but I, I'm. They're pussies. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation they get over there. It's very locked down, you know, compared to other teams and stuff. And I, I mean, listen, I'm not a Giants fan by far at all. I'm a you know diehard Pats fan, but man, they they did it right that night, man. And you could show us the next day on the field that the first play of the game was a safety. Yeah, I mean. 
the paths were isolated in some hotel. And, and I don't know if you've ever been to Indiana before. No. It's a middle. I mean, it's farmland until you get to about, you know, a mile and a half outside of downtown Indianapolis. That's what St. Louis is like. It's exactly like St. Louis. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's it's nothing around there. And all of a sudden you get downtown and then there's like a city with a few skyscrapers yeah. and, you know, a handful of hotels. And that's about it. And there's not much going on there. So we were staying like a half hour outside the city, and there was nothing. So we luckily we had a designated driver who didn't drink that drove us in and out of town for the weekend. That person was just like going to the game with you. Yeah, he was. Uh, so I went. Is I go- like Jesus, who well, who I, goes to the Super Bowl and doesn't. Dude, drink? no kidding, right? It was uh, like it was my buddy's uncle who came down with us, right? So it was me and my buddy, my buddy's brother. And his uncle and his uh, his cousin, right? And you know what? It's funny because I've been to you know Super Bowl, World Series. I've been to all the four major sports for the Boston teams, and the Super Bowl is like the top of the iceberg. Like that's that's the well, premiere. It's one game. It is one. You know, game. it's that's like it. it's you got die. You got a series like game. The last game generally, it's actually not usually the best. Like, no, like especially in baseball, it's usually like the the, the turning point yeah, game. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, the last game ends up being like a, a route a lot of times. Mm-hmm, it's absolutely. The Super Bowl is you've got sixty it's, minutes. That's it. Do or die. Yeah. It's sudden death. If you win, you win it. If you lose, you're second that's place. That's why March Madness is sweet. Though, yes, because it's all do or single die. elimination. That's uh, I, I, I gotta tell you. Going to the Super Bowl, the anticipation. So we got, the, like I said, we got there Friday night. All they said is the festivities in town, the fan fest and all that stuff. I love fan fest. So it's awesome. You just walk around town and you're just drinking all day and you're hanging out. And we went to the the Pat's Pep Rally. They so they the New England took over a bar some in downtown Indy and they turned it into a Pat's bar for the weekend. So we went there and all the radio stations were out there and stuff. We hung the, up. the players there. Some of the players were there, yeah. Okay. They, and all the, um, the the sports stations, uh, you know, DJs were there doing shows and stuff live. And uh, it was kind of cool because you were in a foreign city, but it was like you were like in the middle of like Boston. The way the people were partying and stuff like that. It was yeah. really really cool. And the Giants did the same exact thing across town in another bar, you know. And uh, and then that funnels out. And then you go out and I mean, I went, we, there's one strip club in downtown Indianapolis. It's called the uh, Red Gata. And the red gutter, red gata, gata. So that night, I go to the guys. I'm like, hey, I'm like, the night before the Super Bowl, like, let's go to the strip club Saturday night, you know, whatever. So they're like, yeah, let's do it. So we walked over there, and I, I've been to Indy time before, so I knew about this place. Who do I see walking out the strip club as close to me and you are, and smiles and says, "What's up, Gronk?" No, Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent, dude. Fifty Cent walks by me, right? I don't even realize it's him. I see, I see this this little short black guy come out of the strip club with a huge posse with him, right? And he walks by, and my buddy goes fifty, and he looks, and he turns and stops, and then just goes, "What's up?" And he just, like starts giving us high fives. But it's more like, "What's up?" Yeah, exactly. And his posse, shot in the face. oh my god, they're all like there and everything, and it's like. And I'm looking at him like 50 cent. He's like, yeah. He's like, hey, buddy. He whispers in my ear. He's like, go Giants. And he keeps on going by. I'm like, oh. he whispered in your ear. Yeah. He's that's, like, a, he's a, that's nice. He's like, he's a, he's a, he was a funny guy. It was like, I couldn't say it. And I'm like, oh my God, 50 cent was just at the strip club. See, this whole conversation, though, going back to like what this started from was about people like Red Sox and Yankee fans kind of like hating each other. Yeah. And like, it wasn't like you're, that at the Super Bowl, though. But you're saying you're kind of like arguing against that, and, and I've been like kicked out of bars just really? for mentioning like Derek Jeter. Really? One time I was in New York, and I was it was the day before it was it was 2005, 
It was like the day before the season started and like the whole, you know, oh, yeah. the, the ring ceremony. Okay, okay, yeah. And I'm like in a bar. It's like 4 a.m. And I'm like, I'm a Red Sox fan. And everyone just looks over. And I love Derek Jeter. Yeah. I, I wasn't saying it to anybody. But I just like, I need I, to. I agree with you. It's the same way. Yeah. Derek Jeter, he's a. Greatest shortstop played in the last 20 years, I think. Well, probably he Mr. could be the greatest. Yeah. Um, and and pe- uh, literally the whole bar flocked to me, and people had me like buy my my shirt, and were like, the, the, really? Uh, yeah. See, I've never in my life. I mean, I and I and like I said, I've been to a bunch of Sox games down in uh, Yankee Stadium, and actually one year I bought uh, a five pack for Yankees tickets just so I can get three Red Sox Yankee games in the pack for the season. And I went to Sunday night games, Saturday afternoon games, and like a Thursday night game. It was random games, and I would always wear my jersey. And what jersey do you I, I just have a socks. I have, I have ID 84 in the back. It just says Boston in the front. You know, it's sick. It's really cool, Joe. You know, I'm it's like, like hey. wait, it has the name Artie. It says Artie and, and then, then 84. 84. I have all four, all four major sports. That's sick. And everyone's like, why do you get that? I go, because I'll never be traded. Uh, that jersey will last me forever. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, I've never, I've never into a hostile situation. Like it was a time where like I, I went to a Mets. Actually, the only time I was in a situation like that, to be honest with you, was at a, a Red Sox Mets game. And it was a regular season game in September where the Mets were already out of it. And it was no, like, they had no hustles in the in the, in the the run. And, uh... At Fenway? No, it was, this was at, uh, it was at Shea Stadium. So this oh, was, like, no. years ago. And the stadium was half empty, so we showed up, and we didn't think much of it. And we're just hanging out there, and some guy's just giving us, like, crap the entire time. I go, dude, I'm like... Like, lay off, man. I'm like, it's an interleague game, first of all. The Mets have been out of it for, uh, you know... Four months, like four months at this point, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, and I'm like, we're just here having a good time, and, and like, if you want to chat about baseball, I'll, I'll talk baseball, f- you know, for days, you know. And he was just being like, just an ass, and I was like, there's no need for you to have be so hostile right now, you know. But in Yankees games, like we went to that place um, across the street from Yankee Stadium. It's a, it's that dive bar. Uh, what the hell is it called? It's called like, like Buster's or something like that. You know, it's like it's a real dive place. And uh, you know we go in there about socks jerseys and stuff like that. And guys, they, you See, know that's that's the pr- that's like the the bad move mm-hmm. is like when I went to that game seven in 04, I had like the smallest B on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just it was like a sweatshirt. It was cold. Yeah, yeah. It's it, you got you can't be like too in in people's faces with the, the no, you're jersey. Right. No, you you're true. But you know it's funny because when I buy ten. I see someone's ID. This is like what I do all the time. I noticed it from New York. I kind of give him some crap real quick off the bat. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, well, you, you have to give yeah. him a little crap. And it's like, they look at you and it's kind of like a, a joke. You're kind of kidding around, you know, like some, some, for example, some chick came in the other night and she had a New York and I noticed she was from Westchester, right? Which is like right outside of New York City, yeah. right? And I go, Get uh, some money if you're from Westchester. Oh, yeah, no kidding. That's what I was hoping. Maybe I get her pregnant. So a Yankee fan pregnant? Hey, why not? Because she's a Yankee She'll be man. a Mets fan by the time we're done with her. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was kidding around for her. I go, I, I, I dead seriously. I go, we can't take New York licenses here. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's we can't. Like, it's on a, you know. And I'm giving her crap, and she's starting to get mad. And I, I, just, I just, like, lost it. I started cracking up laughing. I'm like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm like, you a Yankees fan? And she's like, yeah, why? I go, figures. And she's like, what is that supposed to mean? And we kind of just riffed back and forth. It was harmless. you know. Yeah. It was, and uh, I've done this with, with dudes, too, like pilots and stuff to come in if the Yankees had. It's like a, you know, you're pretty ballsy wearing a Yankees hat up here in Boston. And you know, like, whatever. But I'm like, I'll do the same thing, too. I'm like, I always wear my socks hat no matter where I am, you know. But I, I think if you approach it the right way, like, 
I'm very, like I said, I'm very laid back. If someone's giving me crap, I'm not going to fight anyone. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get in a bar fight with a Yankees fan over the team. Like, it's ridiculous. Especially this year. Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. We're both in the base. They're both in the dumpster, so it doesn't even matter at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but like, if you're giving me crap, man, I'm just going to be like, dude, I'm like, listen, you guys are a powerhouse, you know, through the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and Which the 50s. Bullshit. And, you know, in the it's 70s. Like, there was like eight teams. Well, that's it. It's, just, it's true. It really is. When you think about it, yeah. Do you, uh, you should get down with our RBI Baseball League. Yeah. We have, do you ever play that game, RBI Baseball? No. It's like a Nintendo game. Oh, okay. We, uh,. We've been playing each other, all the, like, the DJs here at WEMF. Okay. And it would be harder for you, because, like, it's it's the daytime. Oh, okay. But, but, yeah, yeah, But if you ever have time during the day, you should come down. But it's kind of like that. There's, like, eight people who play, and, and one dude, Patillo, just dominates. Yeah. Because, like, clearly... Because eight teams. He's eight teams. That's <laughs> what well, happens. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, people laugh about, like, you know, like, the, the you know, Celtics have, like, you know, 18 championships, you know, but in the... They did that, like, 10 years in a row. They exactly. beat up on the rest of the And league. there was, like, 12 teams. And the Yankees, the same thing, you know, back in, like, the 20s and the 30s and the 40s. I mean, so those numbers are kind of skewed. But it, the, the Lakers have, like, slowly come back. I think they tied the Celtics. They're one behind. One. They're 17, yeah. When that happens, because they're going to they're gonna surpass Event, it. It's going to be, yeah, uh, well... I don't know the, the the Lakers are in, like like they're in as bad shape as the Celtics. But at some I know, point, but you got to imagine. Point, you never know. Yeah, the Lakers are going to win two championships in the next twenty years. Well, and, at and, least. And, and you're right, and that's going to be an easy one to to come up. But when you look at like uh, for example, like hockey, right? Um, oh no, I should say baseball is probably a better example. Yankees have what twenty seven? Yeah, I think it's or maybe twenty six. The next team's twelve. Of the St. Louis Cardinals, the, the Cardinals have twelve. It's like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, they, they're they're significantly behind. You know, the Sox have seven. You know, and like if you look at it, there's a lot of teams of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever like that. And the Cards are like, I think they're ten. Be- maybe they, maybe they have, if they have, they maybe have seventeen. They're they're you know ten. They have eleven. They have eleven. Okay. And the Sox are actually the third. They've won the third most World Series. It's crazy. That's. I, that's actually really awesome. But the Yankees and the Sox and the Cods have been around since the beginning of baseball. Yeah. You know, so it's like that's over a hundred years of baseball. Whereas you look at a team like um, I don't know, the Mets have like what three? They've been around since sixties. You know, they're a relatively new team, I guess you could say. They only got two though. They got two, yeah. I mean, I would say as far as expansion teams go, maybe like the Dodgers. Okay, but you got to remember the Dodgers were Brooklyn Dodgers back in the. Yeah, twenties as well. Yeah, so. they, they didn't really have to rebuild. Maybe the Athletics, actually, the Philadelphia Athletics. Is have the now. Dodgers? I don't think the Dodgers have even won one since, since they've been. There's eighty eight, right? Yeah, that was the only one since they moved to the West Coast. Nah, they won in eighty one too. They beat the. Oh, they East. did. Oh, okay. All right, so they got a handful. Yeah, but I mean that's another old team. I mean that's a team that's been around. Like you said, the the Athletics have been. They were the Philadelphia Athletics and the Kansas City Athletics, and then like the Marlins are pretty much. They're like perfect example. They get two, and they've been around since '94, right? Yeah. It's uh, I think they're the only team that really you can look at as as far as like expansion, or maybe the Blue Jays. They dominated that's true. in the early '90s. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I can't remember when they started. I feel like '77. '77. Yeah, that sounds because I think they came in when like the uh, the Royals and all them came in the late '70s expansion. They've only got two, but they were it was a repeat and like it that. Was. They were them, and then the Yankees. It was the last two repeats well, yeah, of baseball. Yeah, look at the because exactly because if you 
you look back in history, you know, you didn't have any repeats really in in, in the eighties and the seventies. I don't think maybe the uh, the Reds. I think maybe won back to back one year, but other than that, the Blue Jays actually probably could have won more if they didn't go on strike that year. Yeah, ninety four. Well, in ninety four, the Montreal Expos had the best record in baseball. Believe it or not, they had Pedro was like his like second or rookie year there that year. Um, they had uh, they had uh, Delgado, I believe, was placed up there up in uh, Montreal, and they were predicted a Canadian World Series that year. It was supposed to be the Blue Jays returning for the American League playing the Montreal Expos. It would have been the craziest World Series ever. And then they go on strike. The fan base dies in Montreal. The team falls apart and they ship everyone out. And the Blue Jays kind of just, like, crumble. Everyone gets old, and, you know, that's about it. And they never rebuilt after that, you know. And now, if I was... I, I haven't really fallen baseball in the last month just because the Sox have been out of it. Speaking of which, I just I was just, like, Googling... Out of curiosity. Like, uh, repeat World Series. Yeah. And, like, funnily enough, the first article that comes up is 10 reasons the Red Sox will repeat in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. Uh, it's it's a ridiculous list. I'm not even going to go I, I said to my buddy, I go, you know, if I have to take the team finishing last for him to win the World Series the next year, I could almost deal with uh, off-season every other year just so they can win the next year, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that would be sweet, but I don't know, dude. They get a lot of work to do. They had a lot of work to do in, in I know. Oh, you know, 2012, but... And last year, I got to say, it was a little bit of a fluke. They got hot at the right time. I think they just were playing out of their ass. Last year was like, why is why I love baseball? Yeah, it's because you 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 don't need to be the best team. You no. need to want to win. That's right. Every day, you had an average team, you know, on paper last year for the Sox. The, the team this year was supposed to be better yeah. than last year. Well, look at the Yankees. All those years, you know, the the you know the 2011 Yankees were supposed to be the best team on paper. You know, and then I don't even think they made the playoffs. Tigers, yeah, yeah, it's it's unbelievable, man. It's like, and if you look at like even the Yankees this year were supposed to be one of the best teams on paper. You know, with all the veterans they got on there, and they paid all that money for that pitcher that you know got injured halfway to the season and kind of like sucked it up for the rest. You just never know. And now it's, you have. It's like you look at basketball, like you got to have the biggest guys. Yeah. It's five dudes. And you need at least, you know, two major guys on the team to even be on, you know, record, you know. Hockey's like that too, though. You you, you got to have the will to win in it's hockey you, and, and, like, get beat up and deal with that. Oh, uh, yeah. Look at the Bruins the time they came back from, uh, you know, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They yeah. were down, like, you know, three goals with five minutes left in game seven, man. I'm like, most of the city shut the TV off, you know? I shut the TV off. I woke up the next morning with people asking me if I'm going to the game on Thursday. And I go, what game? They're like, the Bruins game. I'm like, you're out of your mind. And I turn on the TV. And I'm like, it was the greatest comeback. And, you know, it's... It was it was pretty amazing. Unbelievable. I unbelievable. remember taking the, the stage. I was playing with Sweatshop that night. And I, I before I got on stage, I was like, all right. I, I root against the Bruins and Celtics, or I used to at least. Yeah. Because, like, I booked a bar over in that area. So, oh, okay. Like, it would behoove me for them to lose. Yeah. Oh, it's better for you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, like, uh, you know, I, I, I go up, um, I, I drink my last sip of beer, and I'm like, all right. You know, booking season has started. Exactly. You see, the, the professional sports season is over, and, and now you can, uh, like, get off stage, and they won the game. I know. Unbelievable. I was doing a show over, uh, it was a Monday night. We were doing a show over at the other station. And uh, I remember looking at my computer. It was like five minutes left in the game. And they were down a, a few goals. And I pretty much was content with myself that the season is over. I'm just going to let it be, finish the show, 
Yeah, I'm going to call it a night. I'm not going to put on. I'm not going to get in my car and listen to sports radio and listen to talk about what they should have done. You know, that's the worst. Um, I'm not going to turn. Especially when it's the end of the season. Oh my god, it's, it's like, terrible. And they start talking about like the moves they have to yeah. make. It's like it's come on, you give it some time. You know, yeah. let them marinate. And all I remember is I, I was living in Rockland, you know, south of the city at the time. I remember walking into my apartment and my phone went off, and it was this kid that I haven't talked to in about a, a, two years. And he texted me. He's like, "Hey, any way you can get tickets for the game on Thursday?" And I, I look at him and I look at the text message. I'm like, "What is this guy talking about? Like, did he like not watch the game tonight? Is he a little confused?" <laughs> And I'm like, what? What game? And he's like, the Bruins game. And by the time I got that response back, I was walking into my apartment. And uh, I go, I turn my TV on. I sit in my coach. And it's all I see is greatest comeback in hockey history <laughs> flashing across the, uh, the screen. And I'm like, I like drop my phone. I go, what? And, I, you know, I, I text Eric and. He had shut the TV off too, and he's like, "What's going on?" I go, uh, "The Bruins won," and he's like, "What?" Everyone was in shock. No one had no idea what the hell was going on. You know what I mean? It's like, and I, listen, I'm like, I'm a diehard fan, but like, was that that was the year they lost though, right? To the uh, yes, yeah, they ended up losing the the, the Stanley Cup, but which was ironic because they lost in the same fashion. That they won that it is that game, and ironically, they were winning the majority of that game, and then. I was doing it. It was a Monday night again, and I was doing a show. And I come home, and uh, I as I'm shutting off my car, the Blackhawks had tied it up. It was game six. It was a do or die game for the Bruins. Yeah. And I go, all right. I was I'm actually like, at that game. Were you really? Yeah. It was like a minute left in the game. They tie it up, right? Yeah. And uh, I go, all right. I'm like, I'm in. Uh, maybe they'll go overtime. You know, I'm thinking overtime already. I'm not even thinking like the possibility of them even getting another goal in another sixty seconds. Right. Yeah. That, not even crossing my mind. And the next thing I know, I'm walking into my apartment. I literally, it was like flashbacks of the, when they beat my, uh, the Maple Leafs. I turn the TV on, and I walk into the bedroom, and the game's on in there. And I look, and I just hear the buzzer go off for, like, the goal. Yeah. And I just know that's like, I just, my stomach just sunk right there. Yeah. And I look, and the Blackhawks have just covered the ice with their gear. You know it's what like I mean? With like, it was 13 seconds. Oh. Like something, 16 seconds. I'm like, Duke, really? You couldn't just hold them back for another... I'm like, if they lost in overtime, it would have been a little bit... Oh, there, they made it to overtime. They really fought through this thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And then you find out that half the team was injured, playing with injuries and they, stuff. They were you know, messy. It was... It wasn't like the, the 11 team, but... You know what it is? It's like... I guess that's why you watch the sports. You know what I mean? It's like, because otherwise... Why watch it? If you know the Yankees are going to win every year, why why even bother? You know, I mean, they haven't won a lot. It's good. I think I think sports overall have evened the field out a little bit. I think a lot of people complain about the thirty two teams and how it waters down the sport. And I'm actually a component to the thirty two teams because I think it actually spreads it out a little bit. It makes it a little bit more of an of a challenge to win because you have a lot more teams to go through. The players aren't concentrated so much. Basketball is really the only sport that concentrates players. Um, there's just less people. But there's, the but there's less, exactly. I mean, what team? what's the team hold? 15 people? Is that what it is? Maybe the or 12, something like that. Yeah, it's. It, you don't have a lot of players there. And, and it, 
in the in, if, if you're gonna pay for three plays, you can easily do that because you can actually buy the three best players in the league and then have a bunch of average guys play and still be able to win games. You know what I mean? And you got to think though that like if there's so there's 15 people on each team and then there's like 30 teams. Yeah. So that's like I don't know 450 people or four, give or take. Yeah. And, and it's how many kids play college? Maybe say 2,000 kids in the college, right? Yeah. And out like, of that, if you compare that to other sports like football, where you got sixty, like it's just sixty so many, players, yeah. Like you, you have the cream of the crop in oh, basketball. Yeah. In baseball, not so much. You got some. Well, guys baseball, that, you got triple, doubles. You got a couple single A's. You got yeah. rookie leagues. You got international leagues. You got baseball. Like I always say, if you're going to become a professional athlete, it's probably the easiest sport to get into the rhythm to get become a become a pro. But there's so many levels you have to go through. You know, and you could be like Jackie Bradley Jr. me hitting like crazy in AAA, but then you get to the majors and you can't hit the broadside of a bond. But I mean, I thought you were going to say that baseball is the easiest sport to become a professional in. No, but it's easiest. It's not the easiest to become in the the top of the notch, but it's easy to get into the get your foot in the door. Yeah, per se. You and know, what I mean? you get paid to to play those oh, games. Yeah. I mean, you get paid like thirty thousand a year, but I mean, that's what most people get paid doing regular jobs, anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, you're doing something you love, and you know, by the time you're thirty, if you're still in double A, you realize, you know, you know, maybe I should just give it up. Why would you do that? But there's though? some guys that still play. Yeah. And as long if, as they're gonna someone, sign you, if someone told you, I'm I'm 28. If someone yeah. told me that I could make thirty thousand dollars a year next year yeah. playing baseball for the rest of your life, I mean, you know, I've actually considered this. <laughs> Seriously, right? Like, why why would I not do that? I know I, I so I know this kid I used to uh, bartend with, and he was he was a decent baseball player through high school and college, and he actually got drafted by the uh, Blue Jays to go play in their minor league, and he made it up to single uh, double A. So he was playing up in Manchester in their team up there, and he was a pit, he was a left handed pitcher. He what was like called the the. The Lock Monster? No, that's nah. the hockey team. That's the uh, Manchester. It's like the Cats. It's the Fisher Cats. Fisher, yeah. Fisher Cats. So he was pitching up there, and he ended up, he was a mid-relief guy. You know, he's a left-handed specialist, so he, he was the type of guy that goes in there for a couple batters, and he takes taken out. And he told me he got paid thirty-two thousand dollars a year, play for Double A, uh, for Single A, and he got brought up to Triple A once. And I guess someone died in his family, and he had to take some time off, and the Blue Jays inevitably cut him. But he was from Long Island, so he got a job playing for the minor league team. Oh, no, for the uh, independent league they get down there. It was like the uh, Long Island Ducks or something like that or whatever. And he was pitching for them. And he was getting paid a little bit less, you know, like maybe twenty five grand a year. But he was bartending at night, so it worked out. But he was able to play baseball in his off nights, you know. And I go, dude, you were doing what you love to do and getting paid for it, first of all. And then, like, when you had nights off, you'd bartend. I'm like, so you made extra cash. I'm yeah. like, I mean, you were probably making a decent living, you know? And he and just, a lot of it's probably not taxed. No. And he goes, you know, playing baseball, it's like, it's weird because you get paid once a month or something like that. Okay. And, you know, you're on the road half the time and your meals are paid for. You're staying at hotels that are paid for. You're not paying anything on your pocket when you're going on away games, you know? And you're playing home, you're going right to your house afterwards, usually. Yeah. So it's like, like additional money you're getting paid. It's unbelievable. And I go, why'd you quit? And he was like, he was like our age. And he was like, you know, um, I don't know, I just couldn't do it. And my wife kind of, his wife kind of made, he got married. Yeah. And she kind of like, you can't be playing your hobby anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, but that's what you love doing. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, I go, I go to him. I go, so what does he do now? So he, now he's, he's a teacher. He teaches like seventh grade English. 
That's and I go, do you like it? And he's like, not really. I go, but why? He's like, goes, well, my wife pretty much told me I had to do, I get a real job. I go, but you will get you a pay and getting paid to play baseball. And who gives a crap if it was an independent league somewhere in Long Island? I go, did you travel? He's like, yeah. He's like, they travel all the Northeast. I go, dude, that's awesome. You got paid for doing something you love. The, I go, the, the, what I would say to <sighs> that wife. Is that what example are you setting for for your children? And she knew she met him while he was already in the in the, the minor leagues for the professionals. So it's not like it was news to her. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, like it wasn't like if I go, you know, tomorrow to say to a girlfriend and go, like, hey, guess what? I'm gonna go play for the, you know, the Red Sox. I'm gonna walk on on that rookie, you know, league tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna leave Boston and go live in Fort Myers for the for the winter. Yeah. You know, that's a little extreme. I can see that. You know what I mean? But they had, like, a, a life. They went to college together. Yeah. He got drafted. And then they played sport. He went and go, went on to the, 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 the minor league What's system. this dude's name? Oh, um, I mean, I can't, I can't remember his name right now. Well, it's, uh... I mean, like, I don't think this is a good comparison, but I'm going to say it anyways. But Koji Uihara is, like, he's 40 next year. I know. He didn't get into Major League Baseball until like he was 36 or 30, like 35 years old. Oh, I know. And I mean, granted, he was playing in in Japan and the majors in Japan. So, yeah, but that's still that's not major league baseball. Like, I don't even know if that's triple A baseball over there. It, it, it's it's their level of baseball is a little bit different. Um, I mean, I don't. What player has come over here from there and just like destroyed it? They've been competitive. They have, but it, for at least a couple of years until they figure out their system. For the pitchers, definitely. Yeah. I mean, what's uh, Godzilla was the Hideki? Oh, Matsuzaki. Yeah, he, he he's, he's the best. I think he's the best Japanese player that there there's been. But still, like, th- what's stopping this guy that we're looking up his name from like for some reason getting brought up and then brought up again and then all oh, of a yeah. sudden he's this like old dude in the majors. You never you never know that stuff does happen. Look at look at Tim Wakefield. He was playing. Uh, I mean, he was a third baseman. I can't remember. I think he was a first baseman. First baseman, yeah, that's right. For and the, in he, the Pittsburgh system, yeah, and he wasn't going to make it. Sox lost nine to one tonight to Pittsburgh. By the way, <laughs> God, does that surprise you? No, I mean Pittsburgh <laughs> is in the wild card. Yeah, Pittsburgh right actually, yeah, I think they have the second wild card seed, right? Yeah, as far as we know. Um, and uh, yeah, Wakefield, they pretty much he, he was tossing around a knuckleball during practice, and uh, one of the coaches was like, "Hey, you know, you think you could?" You know, throw that, and he's like, "All right." And they kind of perfected him. He would he pitched twenty years in the majors with a knuckleball. I mean, we got him in nineteen ninety five from Pittsburgh. I just remember because that the Sox won the East that year, and, yep. and he was a huge part of it. So ninety five to two thousand, and when did he stop? He not two thousand twelve. Yeah, because that was the year they had to collapse, and they were really trying to squeeze yeah. out his like, was 17. it a hundredth win or something like that, or. So at least 17 years there that he was on the Red Sox. Oh, easily. But I don't know how long he played for for the Pirates. Oh, uh, Monty. That was this guy, the kid's last name. Monty. Monty. It was, uh, what the hell's his first name? Yeah, 92, 20 years. Or, yeah, I guess you can count that. It was 92 to 2011. Jason Monty, that's it. Taven, he played for the uh, Long Island Ducks. I worked with him for six months at... Uh, the bar where I work at now. M-O-N-T-Y? M-O-N-T-I. That's an interesting name. 
Yeah. He actually is on Baseball Reference. He is. He has a baseball card you could buy on Amazon, too. And it was funny that I worked for him. I was going to buy it and have him autograph me. And oh, it was funny. He's funny. He, he, um, he retired halfway through the season. Was he, a, he was a pitcher? Pitcher, yeah. Yeah, his number's 13. That's why. What was that? It's unlucky. Unlike, oh, yeah. Well, he retired halfway through the season, and his team ended up winning the uh, in, the Independent League uh, World Series. Oh, so he yeah. played against, like, the National Pride? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick. I used to love watching those it's, games. Did not, we used to have the, um, the, the, the North Shore uh, Spirit or the... Uh, the Massachusetts Bulldogs, the Mass Bulldogs, or whatever like yeah, that, in Lynn. In Lynn, yeah. And I used to go to those games all the time. They were like cheap, and it was it was a lot of guys who almost made it to the pros or were minor league caliper pro players that just decided they weren't going to be in the system anymore. And some of these independent leagues could actually pay you more money because of sponsorship and stuff like that, you know. But it was it was crazy, man. It was, if, if you ever get a chance, there's this documentary about um, oh, what's his name. I always forget this, but it's it's like r- the dude from Escape from New York, Kurt Russell. Okay. Kurt Russell's dad owned one of the only independent league baseball teams uh, in like the 70s. They were really trying to get rid of independent baseball back yeah. then and make it only MLB. Okay. Um, and he, his dad opened up this team in Portland, Oregon. Really? Yeah. And like destroyed major not major league teams but major league talent okay like major league talent would be on these other you know farm club like single a teams yeah it'd be like you know these young studs out of high school and college and uh he put together these teams of like has-beens and and it was basically like major league but single a ball that's awesome yeah you just check it out that's pretty cool I gotta check yeah i don't i'll go home tonight i'll go on netflix i'm sure i can probably find it do you know the name of the movie at all uh I'm sure if I Google it, I could find Kurt Russell's dad owns a minor league team in Portland. I'm sure I could find it. Battered Bastards of Baseball. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it, I remember watching the um, the Bulldogs, and they had Oil Can Boyd was the manager of the, of the team for a couple of years. And, yeah, was, and then he started playing for the Roxbury Rocks. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Um, remember Jose Offerman? Yeah. He still plays independent league baseball at like 45 years old. Why? Down in Connecticut. Wouldn't, th- like, this is what we were saying. Like, why would you not do that? <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. I'm like, if that's what you love doing, like, I, like, you know, you're always gonna play music. You may not get, be a professional, right? You may, who, who cares, right? Ten years from now, you know, say you never I'm get not signed. Stop playing. No, hell no. I know guys who are like in their sixties are still playing like little dive bands, and they play like a gig a month, but they still play. Yeah. And I respect that hundred percent. Like, oh, that's awesome. Like, good for you. You're doing something you love doing, and like. No one's telling you you can't do it. And they know that they're not going to get signed or anything. They're just doing because they love it. They don't give a crap about the money. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's true passion right there, Especially, man. Especially, like, like, that's cool to see that, you know, former baseball players. I mean, that means that Jose Offerman, even though he didn't get tagged in, yeah. like, two, 1999 or whatever by the Yankees, yeah, yeah. He, he, he loved he loved what he was doing. He didn't, oh, the yeah. millions of dollars, it was, like... Just consequential. I mean, he probably plays for probably twenty grand a year right now. I mean, and like you know, people say, "Oh, he already made his money," you know, in the pros and whatever. And probably not though. But yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he wasn't a big high paid. He wasn't getting those contracts like the players were. You know, in the last like ten years. But like, who cares? Like, you get to wake up every morning and go play baseball. I'm like, that's cool. I'm like, it's every kid's dream. The most that Jose Offerman ever made. I'm not going to get this, but... I can't be more than, like, 
maybe nine million a year, maybe ten million a year. I don't know. I don't feel like six. Six. Okay. And he played for the Sox too. And they were... Almost seven. And it was the Red Sox that yeah. paid him six point seven million. Oh my god! In two thousand and two. That was it. And that was it. He made $32 million over his whole career. Wow. But, Some guys make that in a year and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, that really, over time, isn't that much money. I mean, no. I mean, it is to me. Well, yeah. And, you know, from a guy, I, I'm not sure where Jose Offerman is originally from. I know he was, he, was, he was native to the islands. I don't know if he lived there or he was born there. But I know that, you know, for a guy who came and played in the pros, it's like... And he was an average player. I mean, he was anything special, right? I mean, he was like no, a, he was he was solid. He was our answer to losing Mo Vaughn. Yeah, he was. What did he play second base? Somebody no, he, he, he we, we brought him over as a first, first baseman, base, but then right. he did play second base. Yeah, they kind of moved him around a bit. When Valentin kind of left because Valentin went from shot to third to second, and then Noma was playing uh, shot. Then we didn't really have a true second baseman for a while. Offerman was playing the second base and. You know, Movon was in the first, but then he left, and then they didn't really have a first baseman for a couple of years. And then Ortiz came and played first base for a couple of years. And man, I remember Troy Lear was one of my favorite players back in the day. But oh man, two thousand nine, that home run, <sighs> unbelievable, man. But, all right, well, we did a little sports talk today. It was a little bit different yeah. than usual. We got rid of. We started off as swingers clubs, and we ended up with, uh, sports talk. I so know, I guess, it was re- it was a pretty hard turn. This is a very guy show, guy oriented show today. You know, it's uh. It is what it is. Uh, Eric is uh, going to be away uh, as next week as well. He's going to be in uh, Arizona for the week. So in the two weeks, we'll stop back off of Eric. Yeah, I'll be here next week as well. Um, we're going to try to get someone to come up with us. But um, if not, then me and Chris will just talk baseball for another Yeah. Hour. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. I got a couple text messages from people listening that actually enjoyed our sports break. So it was pretty cool. Nice. So, you know, it's a little different change. You know, midweek, uh, you know. You know, whatever. Here's what it is. We gonna do. But um, remember, you can get this show and all the other shows on uh, WEMFradio.com or on iTunes at the ID and Eric Radio Show. And uh, you get me at, at DJ ID84. And you could get uh, Mr. Crespel here and many, many shows here in WEMF. He produces and whatnot. And uh, until next week, everyone have a fine week. And we will talk to you later. See you What's up, everybody? Adam Mallet here with your whirlwind report. Head affiliate in on anything that's got my attention over the last week. An 85-year-old British woman in a wheelchair on safari in Africa with her grandchildren choked to death when an elephant standing in front of her suddenly took a shit on her. No, why isn't anybody supervising this old lady in a wheelchair? And how could this happen? I mean, how do you explain that? So if someone asks, you know, how did your grandma die? You know, um, well, um, I mean, come on. I know we neglect the elderly and all, but that's just ridiculous. Somebody should be watching Grandma. In other news, a 49-year-old Tennessee man tried to have sex with an ATM. When witnesses called 911 and officers arrived, he was walking around a bar nude and thrusting his hips into the air. After officers took him outside, they ordered him to sit on a wooden picnic table. He then engaged in sexual relations with the picnic table. You know, I could only hope to have that kind of libido when I'm 49, 50 years, years old. You know, but I guess the ATM wasn't letting him put it in the slot, so he opted for some wood instead. In other news, a 30-year-old Oregon man lost the battle in Middle Earth. Well, actually, it was a traffic intersection. After Conrad Bass armed himself, armed himself with a machete and shield and suited up in chain mail with a helmet, he charged into an intersection and started attacking cars. When drivers called 911 and police showed up, 
Bass was hopped up on LSD, and he claims he was a high elf engaged in battle with the evil Morgorth. You know, I'm thinking this guy is wearing the wrong kind of helmet. But did that was slay the BMW? Anyway, I'm Adam Mallet, and that's what's been on my radar for the past week.